All right, this is uh, True News 365. Uh, thanks for joining me once again. This is part two to uh, my podcast, um, Ambushing a Calvinist. Uh, yeah, I, uh, a brother asked me to join him for uh, on a podcast, and he wanted to ask me an uh, eschatology question. It turned out he had other questions concerning Calvinism or Reformed theology. Oftentimes people mistake Calvinism for Reformed theology, and Reformed theology for Calvinism. Basically, uh, people who are Reformed tend to be Calvinist, but not all Calvinists are Reformed, as, um, as um, uh, unlike what a lot of people uh, recognize and, and know. But nevertheless, this is just a over-the-surface um, conversation and commentary based on that video, or rather that podcast. So I would refer you back to uh, that part one podcast, uh, Ambushing a Calvinist, and, um, and I basically here just wanted to open up on the, the, uh, the comments that were made. He had issues, um, one of the first questions he asked me was, will you be alive when Christ returns? Okay, and it took me a while to understand what he was asking me, and, it, and since I wasn't prepared to answer many questions, I thought we were going to talk about eschatology because I told him excuse me, that I was, um, uh, it was currently uh, studying eschatology, and I've been a Christian for over 40 years, and I've been uh, dispensational premillennial for over 40 years, and um, I started studying, looking into the post mill, um, but, you know, uh, I wasn't very convinced or, or with the arguments for post mill, but then I started to um, look into the amillennial um, eschatology, and I realized that, um, you know, it, it started to make a whole lot of sense, and so I kept delving deeper into it, and he knew about this, so I thought his questions were going to be based on what I have learned in eschatology so far, but it wasn't. It, it ended up having to do more with um, Calvinism. Uh, shortly after, this brother <clears throat> uh, parted ways with me, and he literally told me he didn't think I was saved. And he didn't think I was a true Christian because of my Reformed theology and because I subscribed to Calvinism. So, um, and this is part of a lot of the nonsense that's going on. I think it has a lot to do with um, immaturity, babes in the faith, and uh, people just basically jumping on the bandwagon to hate on Calvinism and hate on all things Calvinism, all things Reformed, even before they really and truly understand what it is uh what Reformed theology actually teaches. I myself am Reformed, and I am learning the ins and out, the deepness. I'm going through the as what is the the Institutes of Calvin, um, his writings and all that stuff, and major uh, writings of uh, major, um, most of the ref, uh, reformers. And so I'm learning more and deeper, and getting deeper into it. The reason why I call myself Reformed is because when I read my Bible, I do see you know, uh, a lot of this in there, and I recognize and I believe it's extremely biblical. That's why it's, I see it in scripture. <clears throat> and nevertheless, to get into his questions, the first question was, will you be alive when Christ returns? Now, he's thinking if you're not perfected, because he, he subscribes to sinless perfectionism, right? And he says, um, when God comes and you're not perfected, then what excuse are you going to have? He's not going to find you perfected. This question is generated from his lack of understanding of, of justification because as a sinless perfectionist, he does not 
rely on God's justification and what has truly saved a true Christian, but it's about one's daily pursuit of holiness and the pursuit of a of an aberrant holiness, okay? Because the sinless perfectionist in actuality believes that we can become a deity, okay? Uh, the only thing that is uh, unfallen with regard to what happened at the fall is a deity, okay? Someone who, who not even the angels are said not to sin, okay? Because we know that Satan was fallen and many of the angels fell with him. So even the angels are not perfect. Only God is perfect. Only Christ was perfect. And Christ was, we know Christ was perfect and could not have fallen because it was, it was proclaimed from, the, from before that the, the earth ever was, from the foundations of the earth, that he would be the spotless lamb and he would be perfect and sinless. That's how we know and have confidence that he could not have sinned. It's like asking, could God sin? No, he was God. And just because he took on flesh doesn't mean that he becomes less God, okay? He's less human because remember, our sinfulness wasn't supposed to be part of our humanity. So he was the humanity that was supposed to be, get it? That's why he's called the second Adam. Okay, so nevertheless, that gets really deep in the weeds of theology, and I'm trying to keep this uh, podcast short. So like I said, because, you know, he's a sinless perfectionist, he, he doesn't rely on what on God's justification as what truly saved, saves a, a, a true Christian. But it's about one's holiness, okay, every day and concentrating, concentrating on being holy all the time, okay? And um, uh, you're not truly saved unless you can establish some kind of warped type of perfection that can get to a point where you can never, um, uh, uh, let's say, fall short in word, thought, or deed. And that, my friends, is not in the Bible, okay? Okay, as much as he says he understands that we are saved by, by grace through faith, for him, it's plus works, plus holiness, and if you say it's God's power of holiness, he also won't disagree with you. But he'll continue sidestepping its application as it's found in Scripture. So, is there truly a faith in Christ, finished work, or what? Okay, that's the question. With this, with this brother, it's, um, it's, it's it, you know, you're not going to get uh, much honesty. Because while he says he believes that it's by faith only, he also says he also believes that on a on a on a every other Wednesday he believes that yeah it has to do with works as well so then it's not by faith it's by works it's by what you merit but then you tell him well you know that it's all done in God's you know but as for Ephesians 2:10 it's really all done in Christ he's already laid out the foundations of what our works will be but he still says that no but then you know as you see later on in in the in the podcast in part 1 he somehow makes some kind of provision for the works he says that there's a different type of works that we're doing as opposed to what God has laid out from the foundations of the earth. So it's kind of, uh, I didn't grill him on that because most, until about half of this podcast, I didn't truly realize that what he was doing was grilling me on Reformed theology. I thought he was really, uh, the motive was uh, to talk about eschatology. That's what I thought. So I wasn't prepared to defend um, um, Reformed theology. Okay, so another question 
that he has is um, uh, yeah the predestined works of Ephesians 2.10 he seems to want to define as different than anything you'll do in Christ I didn't quite get I didn't quite get that okay or when he would uh, see a distinction in there other than what Paul said they were he actually said that they were quote unquote works so you know so I, I truly don't understand what kind of works he's thinking that Paul is referring to in Ephesians uh, 2.10. Okay, he also denies being an Arminian. But if you notice, when I ask him, you know, uh, about Arminianism, he really doesn't know. Okay, so he doesn't really know what an Arminian is, but he says he's not an Arminian. So you can tell in part one of the podcast that there, you know, um, there's a discrepancy uh, with that logic, okay? Um, so he also has a problem with de- denominationalism, but every time a, a, a person disagrees with a doctrine or holds to another doctrine, you're basically establishing your own denomination, okay? Um, simply to say I hold solely to the Bible or to Peter, Paul, and the words of Christ is everyone's claim, okay? Even the Jehovah's Witnesses will, will make that same claim. Okay, and other uh, false doctrines. So you can't just say, no, I don't listen, you know, I don't have doctrines. I don't belong to a do- denominations. I'm an undenominational denominationalist. You see, you can't, you, there's no way to get out of it. You're always, as a human being in our situation, we're always going to be part of some thinking or some group as long as you've got more than you thinking about this. Okay, so basically, no matter what you do, you're going to be in denominationalism, whether you title it or give it a name or not. I'll be right back. Okay, as we could see, um, uh, here he's talking about denominationalism. He has a problem with that, right? And like I said before, no matter what you do, you're going to be part of a group of an understanding, a belief system. Even if you box yourself, you don't want to box yourself. You want to run away from the boxes and everybody wants to run away from the boxes. But nevertheless, that's it's inevitable. You're going to be known as the un, the, the sinless perfectionist uh, work salvation uh, people. You know, regardless, somebody's going to end up calling you something. So as, as far as you try to run away from denominations you're going to fall somewhere, okay, regardless, okay, but God knows that we're falling, God knows that we're going to end up falling into denominationalism, okay, it's not like he likes it, or he wants it, or accepts it, the fact is that that's why we hold to the essentials of the Christian faith, that's why there are essentials and non-essentials, that's why we can know who's truly saved by uh, the, the people who do not understand God's uh, actual uh, nature, okay, who, do, who don't identify God, who he truly is. If you don't know who you are, that you are truly fallen and that you are a sinner, okay, that you are fall short of the glory of God, you cannot be a Christian. If you do not understand that, uh, and believe that Christ died, was buried and, and rose again the third day, okay, and that he is seated uh, you know, with with the, with the Father and at His right hand, if you don't understand these giant concepts, 
you know, um, you cannot, these are, these are essentials of the faith. If you do not uh, adhere to these things, then you're not truly Christian. That's how, that's what's called Orthodox Christianity. And you trace it back to hundreds and hundreds of years of Christian Orthodoxy. That's how we know who we are and what we are. That's actually also by way of the, um, the establishment of, 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 the, um, of, the, of the denominations that we identify who we are and what we are. So that way, that way uh, 20 years down the line, we know we can stick to that, you know, to those um, faith, uh, statements of faith. You see, that's how, why it's so important. So not to belabor that too much, okay? Let's go on to the next thing. He's, he brought up um, uh, once saved, always saved. And I tried telling him that, you know, the church has made uh, a bad understanding of the coin phrase, once saved, always saved. Now everybody wants to hate on once saved, always saved and whatever. But what we're, what we're really talking about is um, um, uh, 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 the, the sovereignty of God. And once God saves and, in, and once you're indwelt with the Holy Spirit, God doesn't just snatch away his spirit, okay? And many verses in the Bible that they try to demonstrate that a person can lose their salvation, what they're really doing is that they're walking away from their profession of faith. That's all they're doing. They're not, it doesn't, sh the Bible does not show that God takes back his spirit from people, okay? That, that you're not going to find that in, in the scriptures, okay? So, um... You know, losing one's salvation, forfeiting salvation, etc. Uh, he says that partaking of the heavenly gifts. He's gonna. He. Um, he's gonna. That. That's kind of related to uh, later on the the last question he asked on Hebrews chapter six, the first uh, couple of uh, verses, that he sees that the partaking. He thinks a lot of people think that the partaking means that that you're indwelt with the Holy Spirit. That doesn't mean that. That means that you experienced it. But that wasn't enough to convert. I mean, the, the Pharisees partook in the power of the Holy Spirit when, he saw, when they saw Jesus raise people from the dead. But they were not saved. Okay? They did not repent with salvific faith. They did not receive that from God. Okay? So that makes a major difference. Okay? So um, that's what's most important. Uh, another thing is, uh, let's see. Um, yeah, so he does not... Uh, mean and dwell by the Holy Spirit. That is why a profession needs to be followed up uh, by the fruits of the Spirit, just like uh, the, the John the Baptist said, um, bring forth uh, evidence of your repentance, blah, blah, blah. He told that to the Pharisees. Um, uh, the fruits of the Spirit, the biting in the vine, uh, like the seed that falls on bad soil, only a type of soil produces uh, forth um, uh, uh, benefit. Uh, the person who builds their house on the good soil won't uh, come down as it is to say they truly believe and have true faith. You see, um, all of these distinctions, these are in the Bibles and it demonstrates what true faith truly is. It doesn't make, um, let me see, uh, see he, he almost felt like if he was bummed out uh, when he says it doesn't make a difference then. You know, if you abide and you don't receive holiness, it's because he's really stuck on this being perfect thing. But this is a thing that is really big with this brother. And this is why the brother ultimately uh, cut bridges with me. And he's cutting bridges with a bunch of <clears throat> actual true Christians along the way. Like he told me, he, he actually told me once he was chased out of a church. I mean, I don't know if he's adding drama or not, but um, 
<coughs> he, the thing is, is that he's he he he's not a church-going person. He can't go to church because everybody's got false doctrine. You see, so everyone doesn't think like him. So he obviously he's not going to partake in partake in in um in the assembly of like-minded believers. He's not going to uh, uh, partake in um any kind of service or or um, stewardship. Uh, in in the eyes of the Lord, he's not going to do any of that because he's not part of a church. He can't be part of a church because everyone has false doctrine, and he's the only true Christian. You know, whatever. There's not too many of them out there. You know, he's like the only one uh, walking alone in the wilderness. I mean, it's it's really sad. But you know, a lot of this has to do with pride, um, unfortunately. You know, for him. So um, let me see if I can catch up on my notes here. Uh, yeah, I need to just follow up. The soils, okay. So he says it doesn't make a difference. He almost sounds like he's bummed out when he said that, okay. Uh, but Jesus said, stay and remain in me, and you will uh, build good fruit. <clears throat> if you're constantly looking for that, you know, that that holiness, that, that perfection that you've made up and declared in your mind, then and you're digging, digging in your heels, on that <clears throat> unscriptural concept of perfection, completion, maturity with regard to sanctification, then you're you're going to be bummed out because you're going to be too holy. So imagine if you're the only Moses in a crowd, you're the only holy person. You know what I'm saying? When did you get that holy, that holiness? And I have a number of podcasts that I've done on this, uh, on sinless perfectionism, so I don't want to belab- belabor that. But it shows, um, it's actually sinning in itself it's actually the application of, of a lot of sins that come along with it. It's the sinfulness of pride. It's the sinfulness of, uh, of not understanding the scriptures. It's the sinfulness of, of, of um, rejecting uh, true scripture. It's the sinfulness of accusatory towards your brother. It's, it's uh, the, um, the um, uh, uh, violation of the ninth commandment, you know, falsely accusing brothers of sin. It's also uh, a judging your brother, which is, what is that, uh, Romans 14? Uh, why are you judging your brother? Okay, so, I mean, it, it, there's a lot, like I said, you, you add rocks to your road when you have false doctrine. I'm not going to go on saying that this brother is not saved, but I will say that he is adding extra rocks to his road, and our roads are always rocky uh, regardless. So, like I said, abiding in the the in the in the um in in the uh hang on a second i'll be back so yeah like jesus says you know he uses the example he's, he got kind of caught on the fact that jesus says oh, oh, everyone who is in me right but god is using the analogy of a vine that's in a tree and we know that vines are in the tree but that's the example he's using that if there's a uh there's a branch okay that is not uh flourishing it, the, 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 the branch is cut off. Okay, obviously, there, the branches cannot be not in the vine, but that's only for the purposes of the analogy. It's not saying that, 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 they, that the branch or the person who's going to get cut off is also in him. That's not the analogy. That, that's not the analogy of the tree that he's using. He's being cut off. Okay, so like he says, uh, because of the example, the analogy of the tree, um, the vine, whether it flourishes or withers, is still a tree. Okay, and he's, the, the branch is still in the tree, right? Abiding everything that produces growth, fellowship, church, 
um, what prayer, fasting, medit- uh, meditation in the word, learning, continuous learning, service, stewardship, discipleship. All of these things you're 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 not doing if you're not abiding in the vine, right? Stand by. I'll be right back. Okay, so we left off on assembling, uh, which is abiding, right? If it doesn't, um, he, he said that it doesn't sound drawing, right? It doesn't sound drawing. Now, that he's still sounding very bummed out. Then it's because we don't love the people of God, which is one of the commandments that Christ left for us to do. He says, you know, do my commandments, right? That's one of the commandments. He says, love one another as I have loved you. That means love the church, love other brothers, okay? Mourn with them, celebrate with them, right? By this, the world will know you are my disciples if you love one another, right? So that is one of the most important commandments and all the apostles talked heavily on loving and how people, the the world is going to know you by your love, right? So if you're not loving, you know, and you're not abiding, and you're not in service, and you're not stewardship, you know, how are you in service to the people of God? In Matthew, what is it, 25, he talks how he judges the world because they didn't look out for the elect, for the, for, 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 for God's people, right? You, when they were in jail, you didn't come to visit them. When they were hungry, you didn't feed them, okay? This reason to judge the world for not looking after his, uh, his people. So imagine a brother, a person who professes to be a brother who or a sister who's not you know in service and loving um his own brothers okay so i mean it's just this just to show you um the importance of that okay okay uh so yeah so you have to love one another as i have loved you uh that's how people the world are going to know that you are of christ um let me see where was i so yeah so so while he sounded bummed out because he's he's still um, in his sins, right? He, he says he's still in, in sanctification. He hasn't uh, reached perfection, right? Uh, which he somehow believes is some warped um, de- deification uh, where he can't sin anymore in thought, word, or deed, in any nuance, in any fallenness of human fallenness. Okay, so... Um, and he has to wait for glorification. So he's bummed out because he has to wait for glorification to be humanly restored, uh, restored by God. But, but now, uh, by faith, if you have faith, okay, we are seated in the heavens, you know, in Christ's throne. We are now no longer under condemnation. We are now able to come near to the throne of grace. We are now justified in Christ. We are now washed, right? This, these are all biblical language here, right? Okay? But again, his faith isn't in Christ's completed work. So naturally, you're going to be bummed out, right? That's, what, that's why he's bummed out, because he's not depending. He's depending on, on carrying himself, on being good for God. But we know, it, by saying that we know that we're um, unperfected, by saying that we know that we, we accept the fallenness of humanity... 
by, 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 by saying that, that doesn't mean that we want to celebrate sin. And so the false accusation of this brother is that, yeah, because you admit to being fallen, therefore you want to revel in sin, as though we, we totally disregard uh, the words of Paul when he says, you know, where grace abounds, uh, uh, where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. Uh, do you, does that mean you go on sinning? Uh, God forbid, right? He, he, he already made that perfectly clear. Why would the Reformed hopscotch over that? Why would you assume that somehow that's not in their Bible? You know, that, it's just, like I said, false accusation and a, and a reason to uplift themselves to feel holier than thou. Um, and it's sad. It's sad because it's, I believe um, it's, it's, it's pride. Pride is what makes you do this. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So, so, yeah. So, so he doesn't get it. He still doesn't get that we're now, we're to wear Christ's righteous robe. We're wearing his righteousness, okay? That's what the Bible says, <clears throat> okay? Uh, no, it, it's no longer by our merits, okay? But what um, Christ has already done, uh, yet while he stated um, on the cross, it's finished, this is where the joy comes from knowing we're no longer enemies with Christ. Why are we not enemies with Christ anymore? Why can we come now near, okay, <coughs> to the to the tabernacle? Okay, um, but he's missing out on all of this, right? The brother's missing out on all of this because of legal, legalism, and it's truly sad. Uh, the last question, okay, the last question that was in regard to, um, once again, it was kind of a repetition uh, uh, you know, regard to dwelling on the non-essentials. Okay. The, the listener asked, um, you know, first, first the listener said something about, well, you know, um, it seemed to not understand the distinction between the essentials and the non-essentials. Right. But then the listener said, um, uh, you know, that, uh, there are people out there that want to omit, the conversation of things that are uncomfortable, right? And that's a that's a, a pretty uh, easy and comfortable accusation. But the distinction that I made was that um, there are essentials and non-essentials, right? Why would I argue about uh, something that's not lifting and not what doesn't draw us together, what doesn't give us um, uh, kinship, <coughs> spiritual kinship, what doesn't save, what isn't the gospel? What isn't the essentials of the faith? Why would I argue, you know, like within brothers, as brothers, we can come together and we can talk about, like, for instance, eschatology. You know, one person could be premillennial and another person could be amillennial and they could sit at the table and they don't have to hate on each other. You know, um, even Arminians and Calvinists should be able to sit at the table and understand Well, we understand that overall. Yeah, sure. There is uh, Cal, uh, the, the reform don't. Don't, don't um, omit the, the understanding of free will. We recognize that they, on earth there's free will. You have free will. You have the deciding you know, to do right or wrong within the realm of your uh, 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 accountability before God. But what, it, what we're saying is that overall, God is sovereign over all things. That's all that's being said, but it's being twisted and it's being repeated and it's being over and over. And, and that's what it's turned into. So brothers can now cannot have turned this into an essential and it's not. This is not the essentials of the faith. 
that have um, Armenians and um, Reformed uh, bickering back and forth. And what it is is a lot of maturity and a lot of convenience too. Because in places where I'm sure uh, churches are being uh, are extremely holy and their people are, are, are very holy and the saints are very holy and some of them are in persecution and they have real problems, I'm more than sure that they're not online on Facebook groups bickering with each other, going back and forth about these non-essentials. You best believe that. It's because we're spoiled and we're spoiled rotten in our American um freedoms that's why anyway so this concludes um part two to this podcast i once again encourage you to uh listen to the the part one um where uh, i basically discuss uh go through the the questions um that this brother presented to me and in this podcast i try to explain what was behind a lot of these questions a lot of the conceptualizations that i couldn't really verbalize and really um you know, hammer on more uh, with more detail and the more severity of the importance why people, um, as an example, are bickering back and forth in all of this, calling themselves not brothers and not, uh, and and just basically doing, going against what the Lord says. It's why are you placing yourself as the judge to your brother? The, The Bible says he has a judge for that. You know what I'm saying? Don't be judging on your brother. Some of this stuff is is excess quarrelsomeness, you know, and should not be in the body. Plus, by not doing so, you demonstrate uh, to love your brother and your sister and, uh, and don't waste your time and basically fry bigger fish. Okay, because we do got bigger fish to fry. We've got uh, a whole, um, uh, you know... Um, work to do in the Lord and every minute and every second counts the Lord is soon to come and his appearance will be soon and we are to be holy and wash our keep our robes washed clean and it and in high expectation of our Lord and I pray to God that this um, if you got through to the whole um, podcast uh, part one and part two that it was edifying and um, that it can benefit uh, someone okay Until next time, thanks for listening, and God bless. Tune in next time. Later. Thanks again for listening to True News 365. Check out truenews365.com for more podcasts, blogs, resources, commentary. Check me out on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, IG, Telegram. I'm all over the place. And until next time. Let's keep the faith moving forward and ignite the power of truth with the word of God to our neighbors and the rest of the world in Christ's name. God bless.